Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We ain't Cheese yeah. on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening to all out there, coming from the Central Valley's most. It is a glorious Sunday, getting ready for a great week of boxing. We have a lot of things coming up. You know, there's been big fights, quotation marks, that are set to come out within two weeks, and then a bigger fight after that with a drama show, as they like to call it. You know, boxing's been doing pretty well, I guess you could say, uh, finishing up the year, hopefully looking to get something in December. November is always a hotbed when it comes to a big pay-per-view date. And hopefully we could see that 2018 will uh, lead up to what was been going on this year for 17 Best Fight and the Best Standpoint. Uh, I am your host, the reigning 2015-2016 podcast correspondent, Rookie of the Year, nothing to brag about. Happened a while ago we're at this other show that we don't really mention much around here. But I'm joined by my co-host, my main man coming out from Houston, Texas, my main guy, D. Willow Wilson. What's going on with you, man? How's the Sunday treating you, my guy? R.C., R.C., what's what's up, man? Um, Sunday's always a good day, good day for family, good day for friends, good day for worship, you know. Um, got to check out some uh, nice local wrestling last night, um, got me hyped. Uh, got to see Stevie Ray's old ass uh, wrestle a little <laughs> bit. It was it was sort of funny, but it was a good good little thing. Um, and I'm excited, man. Uh, really, everybody should be excited because this is an historic weekend of boxing coming up. And you know, it's not it doesn't have all the hype. It doesn't have the uh, you know all the the uh, the accolade. Well, it has the accolades now. It doesn't have the hype but it has the accolades, and I'm ready to talk. Right, right. I'm ready to talk about this fight, and, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now, you mentioned you were out there with some local wrestling. I noticed last time you were out there, you are giving some of the boys out there a little bit of a hard time. You make it out there unscathed last night, Willie? Well, I was giving them a hard time, but the boogeyman, I don't know if anybody knows, I have – I have a four-year-old son, and uh, there's a wrestler, the boogeyman. My son went into the restroom, um, and I was standing there. Uh, he, the boogeyman was in the restroom. He ran out. He was crying. So he didn't want me to talk noise due to the fact that he doesn't know that it's fake. So when I'm talking noise, he's, like, trying to, like, Dad, you got to you shut up. You know, he's starting to cry. 
So I was I was giving Stevie Ray some business from the sideline, and he's like, "Yeah, look at your son crying, y'all." You know, I look over, my son's bawling. He's like, "Dad, be quiet, they're gonna beat you up." So I had to keep it a little down for a little bit. But then at the end of the match, at the end of the night, he sort of warmed up. You know, he he loves wrestling, but he was scared. The boogeyman shook him up. But at the end of the night, I got to talk a lot of noise, got to take a lot of pictures. So, you know, it was a great night of, of uh, you know, wrestling. It wasn't the greatest of wrestling, but the entertainment value was there. Oh, man, that's what's up. And talk about a bad time for the little Wilson to go in the restroom. with. The, I mean, if anyone knows who the boogeyman is, that's an ugly-looking individual, especially with his wrestling attire that he's got on. Man, that's... I don't know yeah, if he's going to want to go to the next wrestling event, which you would have to see that crazy dude in the restroom. Well, but the boogeyman came out... <laughs> The boogeyman came out as a good guy. So after he saw that he was a good oh, okay, guy, okay. you know, he sort of warmed up. You know, he came out. He didn't have the worms this time. He just had, like, Alka-Seltzer coming out of his mouth. Like, the kids were scared uh, in there, but he was a good guy. So, therefore, you know, they sort of changed for him. And then, my, you know, after that, my, my, my little man, he was cool. My daughter enjoyed it. Uh, you know, they had the little women's temp. Hey. These, it, they had a women's battle royals, about 15 of them, man, and they were, looking, you know, <laughs> yeah. they were looking a little thick in there, man. So, you know, it was a pretty good look out there, man. Shout out to uh, Reality of Wrestling. Um, uh, yeah, Reality of Wrestling out here in uh, Texas City, Houston, Texas, ran by the five-time world champ, Booker T. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine that the, that women's battle royale had to be the match of the night that you were most interested in. And, yeah, big shout-out to Reality of Wrestling because I've seen Booker T doing his thing, and, I mean, the business is expanding. So, big ups to those guys, man. I'm glad you had a good time out there. Um, but for this weekend, looks like we're going to be back to the TV on Saturday when it comes to what we got coming up with the big fight between Bud Crawford going against Julius Ndongo. And I'm telling you, man, most of the time when you hear Bud Crawford in a fight, most people are leaning towards Terrence Bud Crawford being a favorite, which he is obviously the favorite in this fight. But you're starting to hear a little bit of the whispers of is the height and the reach and the dongo going to give him some problems. And as people wondering, is Terrence Bud Crawford on upset alert this weekend? Um, it is for unification in the welterweight division. You're talking about two champions who uh, have yet to face defeat when it comes to these guys in the squared circle, they have came in the ring and they have left the same way they came in. Have Neither fighter has taken any significant damage when it comes to uh, professional uh, opposition that has given them any sort of a threat. Terrence Bud Crawford is a guy who, if you ask me, is a, uh, a guy who's got all the boxes checked as far as when you look at the, the ability that this guy has in the ring, ring IQ. He can switch to southpaw. He is a, a chameleon, so to speak, in the ring. If someone's giving him a problem when he's on an orthodox set, he can definitely switch to southpaw and still give guys problems, man. I mean, we've seen um, we've seen him take shots from a guy like Gamboa, but at the time Gamboa still being that special talent that he was. But when it came down to it, adjustments that were made by Terrence Bud Crawford were something that a lot of people really can't do when you're talking about going to southpaw. And this guy is one of the most talented guys in the ring. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call him a charisma vacuum like I do a lot of guys, but I would definitely say that he is a, a low-key killer. He is a silent killer. And I tell you, man, um, Terrence Crawford, he's been making his – he's been making dudes feel his pain when it comes in the ring. He's been fighting in his home of Omaha, Nebraska, doing work, making big-time noise out there. And, I mean, you know, this guy's got all the good things when it comes to what you want to see out of a boxer. He's a guy who finishes fights. He's a guy who looks to – 
to, to push the pressure when it's time to do that. He's a boxer that could brawl. And Terrence Bud Crawford is going to be in there with the man he'll be looking up towards and possibly having a, to, to take, take one to get in there just to get inside with the reach problem, let alone by Ndongo. Um, man, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Um, who knows what's moving next on, but I tell you, man, um, it's got people on the fence a little bit when you're talking about the opposition that Terrence Bud Crawford is facing. So, um, you know, I'm hyped for it. How are you feeling about this fight, Willa? And what do you think is, you know, is, is going to be your pick, obviously, but what do you think that, do you think that, that this is going to be somewhat of a threat that Terrence Bud Crawford has never been in the ring against yet in his professional career? Well, I'm going to start it off by saying this, RC. Give this the credit that this fight is due. This isn't just to unify. This is to become the undisputed champion at uh, light, at super lightweight, at 140. Um, this is, this hasn't been done since old, uh, oh, now it's an old uh, man from, oh man, what's his name that's going through all the trouble, uh, the beat Hopkins, hasn't been done since who? Come on, RC. You're the host. Who is it? What's his name? Who has it? Who did it? The guy that's who? I think he just killed somebody not too long ago. Uh, light heavyweight, undisputed champ was he beat Hopkins, then he lost to Kimla Tablet. I'm looking for it right now. Other guy, Jermaine. Jermaine Taylor. There we go. Hasn't been done. Bad intentions. Jermaine. Since Jermaine Taylor, this is for the history books. So we can't just go and say this is to unify. This ain't. This is to. This is for the man. This is to say that he's the man, the only person that can do that in the boxing game. It will happen uh, on Saturday. We will have an undisputed champ, and that ha- that hasn't happened in a long time. Like I said, that was uh, Jermaine Taylor. He did that. I, I think I was still in college, or maybe just getting out of college. So that was two thousand and let's say five or six. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it was probably ten years ago. So this is a big fight. Um, this is going to prove what I've always been saying. This is a young American fighting an older African dude. This is not, this is, you know, this isn't, this isn't a, a, a guy fighting a UK brother. You know, Africans usually have a little more heart. They have a little more drive, but they still are missing that certain thing. You know, there's been a few uh, um, African champions, Claudia, a few other guys that are pretty good, but they're not elite. They're not to that next level. And and Dago, even though, you know, he is undefeated, uh, I think he has uh, 20, I think he's 22-0, and 0, but he only has 11 knockouts, uh, which is 50%. I guess that's yeah. all right. But Bud Crawford is is the 31 and 0 with 22 knockouts. So, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's about the same. But Andago doesn't seem like he's dropping hay haymakers. So the little, you know, he's two inches taller. I think his reach is like one and a half inches or longer. You know, I think that's going to be. I think it's going to be – it won't be easy work, but I think Bud Crawford will be able to uh, navigate through that uh, – through this uh, – his long jab and uh, Ndongos. I say Ndongo. It's Ndongos. Ndongos long jab. And I think, you know, we'll get to see a pretty good fight. Both of these guys are fighting for history. Um, both of these guys are undefeated. Somebody oh will go. Both of these guys are battle-tested. 
Um, so, you know, we're just going to see. Is, is, is D. Will's philosophy going to come correct that the African-American, not just the African, that the African-American is the dominant guy when it comes to, to blacks? Or will this African come over and prove us wrong and, uh, and, and give Bud Crawford his first? Oh, Bud Crawford, who people think is one of the guys that is the future of boxing. When you talk future, you talk Bud Crawford, you talk Spence, you talk Lomachenko, and you talk Canelo, right? So, you know, I'm not – we haven't made our picks yet. I think we're just talking the fight, but I see, I see it being right. a good fight. You know, I definitely see it being a good fight. I think it's, uh, people should, um, should check it out. And uh, this is bigger – this is a bigger deal than it seems like the atmosphere is, is, is saying it is, just because Conor McGregor and Floyd are fighting. That's a lot of hype. But this is for the undisputed champion at 140. This is all the accolades. So, you know. You know, um, great, great analysis there. The reason I was uh, not really putting it over as much is because you mentioned the knockout ratio of Ndongos, and he's uh, somewhat lacking that certain je ne sais quoi, as the French would put it. And you did mention something, a little nugget, where you said that the, the African dudes are missing something. And we've seen that something missing from certain times Speaking of uh, Nicholas Walters, uh, as he in his last well, outing really looked like. Oh, Jamaican, right? My bad. Um, yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, okay. they all the same. And they're not <laughs> African American, so. Right, right, right. Um, you know, Bud Crawford is a guy who's got all the tools, man, to be that next pay per view star. Even though his pay per view against Victor Postel was uh, not really big numbers, it's hard to make a a fight like that pay-per-view worthy for the public when, you know, a guy like Victor Postol is somebody not really to be talked about much. But, um, you know, coming forward, Terrence Crawford is that guy who's looking to be the future of uh, of, of boxing, especially when he moves up. Um, I don't really think anybody at 140 gives Terrence Crawford any problems right now. The only guy I think that would probably upset Terrence Crawford right now, and this is at 140, not up or down, would probably be Mikey Garcia. Um, you know, this guy has been giving a lot of people problems and definitely got all the skills to, to pay, to keep the lights on and all that bullshit. But, um, as far as where Crawford's at right now, 140 has been open. Um, not saying that he's fighting weak competition, but he's been the head honcho, uh, running roughhouse in the division, so to speak. Um, so moving forward, I'm not sure if, if after this fight is a chance for him to move up. Um, you know, he's got a lot of height. He's got size on him. He's got height on him. He's got an advantage when it comes to guys in the ring. Um, that's why it's kind of funny to talk about him fighting guys like Gamboa being 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, whatever it was. But Terrence Crawford is a, one of those guys who cannot be left off the top 10 pound for pound, um, let alone top five. I think, you know, um, in my opinion, he's right there at number two, right behind Andre Ward on the quote-unquote mythical pound for pound list. Um, and, and the guy's been taking big strides uh, every fight that he's been in. He's been moving forward and been uh, putting the boxing world on notice. Uh, a guy who's been, you know, not necessarily the smartest guy when it comes to a couple of uh, outside-the-ring issues that he's had as far as him getting in some work himself. You know, you got to have your goons do that. you got to be a little bit smarter than that. Um, a man that the Nebraska governor was saying that he thinks he's above the law and things like that. 
but that's nothing. That's nothing. Uh, uh, when you're in boxing, everybody's got a loose, a loose cannon at some point in time. Everyone's a hothead, and it's, uh, I mean, it's the fight game. You're not going to be in there and be a Tim Tebow type of cat and still be, you know, top dog in the division such as Terrence Crawford is, um, even though you got a fake guy like Triple G doing that whole skit. But, um, you know, this Saturday is a really big fight, man. You mentioned it's the first time since uh, Jermaine Bad Intentions Taylor has been doing that. So um, definitely a lot of history coming up on the line. A lot of people uh, tend to underline a lot of this stuff that's happening recently uh, because that you was mentioned in, That the, was in 2005. So 2005, you know, 12 uh, years. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're coming up on, on 12 years. So it's only been done. Let's, let's give it the, 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 the credit that it deserves and let's, and let's let everybody know the history. This is only the, this will only be the fourth time. So it will be, this will be the fourth time in the four belt, four belt era that somebody has been the undisputed champ. So this is uh, only people that have done it is Hopkins hall of famer. De La Hoya, Hall of Famer, and like we said, the last person to do it was uh, Jermaine Taylor. So, not a Hall of Famer, but that's due to, well, that's that. I think he got that Kelly Kelly Pavlik work, and that was a wrap after that. So, but my bad. I just wanted yeah. to throw that out there, man. No, no, for, for the people. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, shit, man. Even when you mentioned that, it was hard to believe that Jermaine Taylor got that work from Kelly Pavlik. Uh, man, that's that's crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that's one yeah, of the fights. Definitely... That's one of the first fights that I picked the white guy, and I got that money. Jermaine Taylor, for some reason, never was never was that real to me. For some reason, I remember being in Austin, Texas, letting everybody know that Kelly Pavlik was about to give Jermaine Taylor that work. I was called a coon. I was called a sellout. I was called <laughs> everything, but they called me correct at the end of that fight. Um, for some reason, I want to say it was a knockout, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh, yeah, uh, Taylor was whooping his ass, and then all of a sudden Taylor got that work towards the end, and it was a stoppage, man. Kelly Pavic, that's one of those guys who um, he had that syndrome. I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, he was definitely off the bottle too much and really self-destructed his own career like we see certain guys getting into today, Adrian Broner. <clears throat> but, uh, okay. man, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, especially now, I mean, fuck. Wasn't Jermaine, Jermaine Taylor just coming off like a, a – I mean, wasn't it something where he shot at his own cousin or some shit like that? And, I mean, I mean, fuck, man. Yeah, he maybe murder. Like yeah, I think it was something like that. And he had a fight two years ago where he came back on PBC and he won that fight, a really impressive victory for Jermaine Taylor. And all of a sudden, man, the wheels just fell off as soon as they got locked and loaded on there, man. I mean, Jermaine Taylor is a guy that I never really looked at as – one of the most dangerous guys, but he was a guy who definitely uh, had my respect in the ring. I wouldn't necessarily disrespect him like that. And I don't even think you picking Kelly Pavlik is disrespect to Jermaine Taylor. Um, but, I mean, you know, uh, around your boys out there, who knows what they would have been thinking. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with those name calling and all that. But at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, uh, when people hear what we have to say and critique certain fights, you know, we take heat for it for about the week that we preview it for. And then when the uh, when the post fight wrap up comes on, more times than not, we are correct, and that's what it is at the end of the day. And it's nothing to beat our own drum to. We're just saying what it really is. You know, a lot of people have uh, certain favoritism and uh, whatever it is in boxing, but yeah, you know, it's good to think outside the box, such as such as the outsiders of boxing tend to do. Oh, of course, man. So you know, I just like to pick sometimes. 
I pick with my brain. Sometimes I pick with my heart. It is what it is. But I, I will usually I'll let you know which one I'm picking out of, and and I stick with my pick. So you know it is what it is. So just know, people should already know who I'm picking when it comes to Crofton and Dagu. When it's time to make those. <laughs> and, and, and another little caveat I want to add on that that you just mentioned is a lot of people think that, oh, D. Willow Wilson is previewing a fight where it's a, a black dude versus a white dude. They automatically would have thought that you picked Jermaine Taylor to win that fight against Kelly Pavick. But it just goes to show that, on the contrary speaking, people's uh, people's beliefs on the front runner don't really happen that way. People believe on what D. Willow Wilson picks as far as, you know, people uh, over in the U.K. are thinking that you're a racist guy when it comes to making picks, and you're always one with the black dude. But, hey, just goes to show for anybody listening right now uh, on the fan page that still have that kind of picture pointed out about you, there's an example right there why D. Willard works and keeps it real and doesn't have some sort of favoritism like most people think he does. But we know what it is when it's time, as you mentioned right now. And I think you're leaning towards Bud Crawford to win this fight, but my question is, how are you thinking this fight will go down? This is going to be such a special fight. Do you think Bud Crawford takes the next level and elevates his game as far as stopping Ndongo, a man who's never tasted defeat, let alone taste defeat, but tasting the canvas, looking up at the lights, being finished by whoever the referee will be at that night? Do you see a stoppage coming in this fight by Bud Crawford into the, the next level of superstardom, or do you see him just outboxing this guy and getting his hands raised when he hears the judge's scorecard? Man, I I definitely pick him to win. And Dago is a like I said, a long fighter, um, undefeated, very skilled. But Crawford has to. He has to knock this guy out. He has to. He has to shine. I mean, there's nothing else we can say about it. Crawford has to shine and he has to knock him out. You know, he is um pound for pound, one of the best fighters uh, in, the, in the game right now. He is the future of boxing. He is the man. But like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't have a mouthpiece. He's, he's low-key and cool. Um, you know, he doesn't do a lot of talking, so he's going to have to let these hands do the talking so he could, you know, so people will stop talking like Lomachenko is the best in the world, a guy that's not undisputed. You know, he's going to be undisputed. He needs to knock this guy out, be the undisputed champ at 140, and be the man when it comes to everybody besides Andre Ward. And so, you know, I'm predicting a win. um, And I'm not going to say I predict a knockout. He's got to do it. He's got to go out there. And if if it ain't a knockout, just slug. It's got to be a slugfest. And he's got to throw his hand. He can't be out there, you know, I hate to say that, you know, it, it sounds crazy. Maybe, you know, if he wants to take that next step, he can't be out there just trying to win. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to get mad at him if he does, if he doesn't, you know, doesn't put it all, put put himself in harm's way to get this historical undisputed uh, championship at 140. So I'm hoping that he knocks him out. I definitely know that he will win. Um, if I was going to predict, I would go ahead and say that I would I would predict a ninth uh, ninth to tenth round stoppage, and hopefully that's what he's going to do. I've heard him talk; he's saying that's what he's going to give the people. I believe him. Um, 
to make that big money, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to make a make a big showing. Lomachenko just fought a bum, but he looked good doing it. So you know, he needs to go ahead and knock this guy out, and that's what I'm gonna predict. I'm gonna predict the tenth round knockout for Bud Crawford and propelling him to the number two. RC, you there? My bad. Let's see what happens. Live radio. RC, you there? All right. Well, while we're waiting on RC, I don't know what just happened there. Okay, there we, we go. go. RC, you know, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't press nothing. Yeah, so, there we go. So, um, nah. like I was saying, tenth round KO um, by my man. I'm not mad at that, man. You know this fucking hook nose Jews over here at Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes it's not the first time I've been cut off, but uh, you know uh, we just keep it moving. But I like the analysis, my man. Um, yeah, you know one thing that I think will be a big advantage for Terrence Crawford. Obviously, his boxing IQ is on another level than Ndongo's. Obviously, his skills are on another level. The knockout speak for that. But I think that Ndongo's fights that I've been watching, I looked at a couple of his clips earlier today, um, just just looking at what this guy can offer, because when I was hearing about the whispers of the, the range and the height that are going to give Crawford problems, because a lot of people want to say that that's going to be an issue for Crawford and Mike you know, fall away of the upset, but um, they tend to forget how much of a comedian Terrence Bud Crawford is. I think that what I've noticed when I'm looking at Ndongo's fight, he's a little bit off balance at times when it comes to height. And uh, one thing I was mentioning to our correspondent from Seattle was saying that when there's a guy who's, if that's your advantage in a fight is being taller and having more range, sometimes it could be a disadvantage at the same time. If you don't have skills to make it work, um, Alexander Povetkin against Donovan Dennis a few years back that happened. Donovan Dennis, a guy that was six foot six, uh, big range as far as what he can do, keeping guys at bay, keeping the distance. And you know, uh, Alexander Povetkin's a midget, five foot eleven, something like that, maybe six foot six foot one at the max, whatever. But when you're looking at a six foot six fighter like Donovan Dennis, I figured that that was going to be um, a guy who could you know keep this little midget at bay and, and pick up an easy victory. But at the same time. Uh, uh, Povetkin came in whether he was off these PEDs or not it really doesn't matter but he came in and he worked him on the inside got past that range and you can only do so much when if that's your advantage of having the length and a reach that's not saying a whole lot if you can't make work of it um, I, I noticed that Ndago was really off balance and I think Terrence Bud Crawford to capitalize on that and it doesn't take long for Bud Crawford to realize something in the ring he's always setting traps and if it's something that for him to worry about as far as range and height, it's not a big difference. It's not a really big difference. And I don't think that's going to give Bud Crawford a whole lot of problems. Um, I really want to see him come out and give that work the same way he did Hank Lundy when a guy is uh, really pressuring him to make a uh, some sort of a, a big impact in the ring. And Bud Crawford is the guy who has all the tools to make it happen. Um, hmm. I really want to lean towards it going the distance. Um, but if something were to happen in this fight, I would look at the seventh round being the moment of truth because I think that if it's going to happen, it's not going to take a while to happen. Um, you know, uh, I really look at it that way, and I think that Bud Crawford will make work of this guy, not early, but in between the mid-rounds of seven and eight. And um, I'm obviously going to team Bud Crawford. Uh, 
I think this guy is going to make a whole lot of noise in this motherfucker. So um, that's my pick. I like yours. You're going with the 10th-round stoppage. I'm going with the 7th to the 8th-round stoppage. But I do see this fight being stopped because I know that Terrence Crawford knows the importance of this fight. And I want to see what he brings on the table Saturday. But, um, you know, I think that we have a call right now with uh, D. Willa. And I think uh, let's see who we got going on here, my man. All right. Yeah, we got my man Corey. Or my man, my What's man, up, my man boy? T. Harris. Coming out of Houston. Yeah, What's yeah, up, right, man? You're right. on Outsiders Boxing. We're talking in Dagu Crawford. I know this is tough for you, two black boxers. Oh, man. Hey, I thought we were talking about Triple <laughs> G, man. The greatest boxer of all time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Triple G. Oh, you talking about that Terrence Crawford fight? It ain't nothing. That's an easy win. So That's you think that Terrence Crawford be the, the only undisputed uh, – so, you know, this is for the undisputed belt. Like we said, this is the first time this has happened in, like, what do we say, 12 years. Um, you know, we're not hearing a lot about it. Uh, but you say you think we're not hearing a lot about it just because it's going to be easy work? You think we're not hearing yeah, a lot easy about work. it? Yeah, easy work. Okay. It's the easy work because, you know, like I told you before, man, the black boxer is dead, man. The black boxer is dead. I said oh, about Terrence Crawford. I'm talking about Terrence Crawford. The reason why it's not being hyped up, nobody cares about this fight. Nobody cares oh, about see, this fight. They fight no easy. And that's what, I, that's what I want to ask. You, uh, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned that. And is it because Terrence Crawford's too boring as a personality? Like he's not out there like like Floyd Mayweather, like an Adrian Broner type dude. Like what does he need to do to get out there for the public like that? We see Conor McGregor making his name all big with a shit talking. Does he need to start talking some shit? It, boxing is dead, man. Nobody wants to. The the, the athletes are not going oh. to boxing no more. It ain't got nothing to do with Terrence Crawford. It ain't got. It's just boxing is dead. Boxing boxing is so dead. You, so boxing is dead. Hmm. Yeah. The biggest the the biggest uh uh pay per view this year is gonna be boxing. Probably the second Correct. biggest pay per view this year is gonna be boxing. In the third, yeah. So how is it dead? Two, you, you're two. saying it's dead, but how is it dead I'm, I'm, when I'm, Keith Thurman? As far as American fighters, brother, as far as American fighters, it's dead. That's that's what I'm trying okay, to get I, at. No, no, definitely because like I mean I agree with you. You know our heavyweight champions are now playing basketball and football. Um, you know that's Correct. why the welterweight is such a big deal because that's where the guys you're too small to really play any other sport. At 145, you know, no disrespect to RC unless you're playing like soccer or something. But you know, when you're a small, you know, little short, small hey. guy, I guess boxing is something. <laughs> boxing is something that you can, uh, you know, that they can do. That's why welterweight is popped up. I mean, I, I sort of agree with you. Um, you know, our the, our best, the best athletes in the world aren't really boxing. They're not boxing. That, that's I mean, the, we could agree. Yeah, with that's that. the problem. That's the problem, right there. But as far as as far as Terrence Crawford. He, I don't know you. He, he has to be a personality now. Everything, everything has to be a personality. If you're gonna sell fight, it's be a personality. If you're in America, if you if you're an American fighter, but if you overseas, they gonna have a big following because their country gonna follow them. You see what I'm saying? This is as far as Mexican. As far as Mexican, that's about the only one that's gonna follow. I don't, I don't too much know about Great Britain how they gonna do it, but. Irish, I guess they, you know, they, the they, they, they follow Hatton, do. They, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah the yeah, Irish people do. Irish too. people got a got big, uh, big following. All the other guys in the UK, not really, because they really suck. Like guys like Froch, the better guys have a following. You know, Lennox Lewis had a following. Froch had a following. Um, I think Joshua. Yeah, Joshua had a following because we, you know, we're talking about uh, um, pay-per-view numbers. But I think Joshua and Klitschko sold uh, one or two million million fights. You know, nobody really talks about that. I guess because it's they're only selling them at like nineteen dollars over there. So I, I guess the money, as far as money, does count. But you know, yeah, the UK doesn't follow all the black fighters that did. There is no white white American fighter. So you know, the only yeah. I mean, I feel you on that. But boxing, I think boxing. This has been a great year of boxing. Um, so oh, I don't yeah, think yeah. boxing. It's gonna, it's gonna end well too. Well, I mean, I've I saw before America. I, I mean, I'm. I understand you got you got foreign fighters that's out there. You know the best fighters right now are foreign. Huh? Really? The best and, fighters are foreign. Also, also, I like Earl Spence. Going, going. I was just about to mention Earl Spence, uh, but before I was going to yeah, mention I like Earl Spence, Earl you know Spence. Puerto Puerto Rico got a pretty good following as well. But uh, Earl Spence, another guy who needs to get his his personality up. But you know, truth is truth. He is who he is, a character in itself. But. Um, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to argue with that. Like uh, like Willa mentioned, a lot of the Americans in the, in, in the athletes athletics today, they are in different sports. Basketball being one of them, because that's where a whole whole lot of money's at. Even football players are getting jealous of the basketball money. But at the end of the day, boxing is where the money's at. You know, guys that go in UFC, their careers are short lived, and they're not making too much money. I think a UFC fighter uh, doing a GoFundMe just to pay for the guys' camp coming up. So if, if boxing's dead. Uh, where uh, it's combat sports and UFC, we we see them doing well. They're doing okay. Oh, okay. They don't have no big stars, but they ain't making it happen like boxers though. What what boxers you saying making it happen? Oh man, there's, there's making it happen. Let's just uh, making money, ahead, making money and making it happen. Um, I mean, you can put out a list of guys right now. Welterweight, you could go one through five. Uh, you, heavyweight, it's got I I'd say one through four. Uh, light heavyweight, you still got Andre Ward. Who knows what's going on as far as him moving up in weight? Uh, the 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 lighter guy. He guys, needs to move down like, though. He needs to move down really. They need you to move see down. That where, fight, where huh? he gets, yeah, he needs oh, to move yeah, down so he gets some catch weight. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that that fight has to happen. That fight has to happen. He can fight Canelo too at a catch weight. I doubt Canelo get out there with him though. But they can yeah. all fight at a catch weight. At 165, they can fight at 165. Mm, 165. Canelo, but Canelo is about to beat Triple G. Therefore, Ward and Triple G will never happen. So you know, we let that. You know, you want to see that. That, You want to see you one of these guys that you know that rooted for the. You one of these Americans that rooted for the Russians. You know, you one of those type of guys. And you disrespect Andre Ward and his legacy, saying that he needs to move up. He doesn't need to. I mean, need to move down. He doesn't need to move down. He needs to move up and break records, like he said he was going to do. He he tried to give your boy that work early, along out. It don't matter who, whoever the the weakest uh the weakest champion. Tony is. Bellew. Tony uh, Bellew. Yeah. No, Bellew is the champ. Know though. I think Parker. Who? I've seen. Parker. I've seen that he's in, exactly. He's in, he's in talks. That's what I'm saying. There's nobody in that division. Right now, it's about making money for him. He needs to go make money. We got to. Exactly. Andre Ward Ward is not making money. People do not 
Andre Ward is 30, 32 years old. It's, it's not about his – he's not ever going to make money. He hasn't made money, and he's never going to make money. Triple G ain't going to get him no money. Triple G just uh, – you know, Triple G ain't getting him no money. Nobody really wants to see Ward fight because he's a real boxer and, you know, and he was off. But, you know, even though he's knocked out the last couple of guys, knocked out Kovalev, People don't want to see him fight, and, you know, it is what it is. So he's about just making a little money. He's still making millions, a couple million dollars here and there on the, for the fight. So, you know, it's about history with him now. Go ahead and be a three-division ti- uh, three uh, champion. Uh, you go light heavyweight, uh, um, super middleweight, light heavyweight, and heavyweight champion of the world. I think he should do that. I think that, Who is know, he going to fight a heavyweight? Joseph Parker, the weakest heavyweight. You know, these guys oh. are, you know. I, I, I think Bellie's weaker. Do is, <laughs> I can't see this dude is like super heavyweight. Uh, well, I, I never even heard this Joseph Parker guy. Is he, is, how big is he? No. Big. Oh, he's a big he kid, man. Be. He's a big kid, dude. He got to be 6'5". He got to be 6'5". I think the, 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 the fight for next for Andre Ward the fight for Andre Ward to make is Tony Bellew. You know, he's a fat, flabby, heavyweight dude that, you know, he was in the guy, he was the guy uh, that was pretty Ricky in the movie Creed, if you watch that. He was the UK okay. dude. Um, that was the guy that, uh, I, honestly, I didn't think he would beat David Hay to win the, to, to beat the boogeyman as he said as heavyweight. So he's been doing pretty good for coming off the movie script, but um, that's the guy that I heard that Andre Ward is in talks with. Uh, uh, I think the weakest link of the big names in heavyweight. So that's a good fight for Andre Ward if he plans on moving. So, so you want him to be? So you want him to be a Roy Jones then? Just get a just get a heavyweight built. A meaningless right, that's, that's, that's history. It ain't meaningless. It's a it's, it's history. You know, it, that's not right. it's not meaningless. It was so it's the WBO <laughs> world. Heavyweight championship. So Tony Bellew is is uh is a six four dude. So yeah, he's gonna be big. And so it ain't meaningless. It's a guy coming up from super middleweight and winning the heavyweight championship of the world, similar to Roy Jones, one top three of all time. You do that, and you and you become a top ten of all time. So you know at this point, it ain't a, he's not gonna make no money. I mean, he's not gonna make any more money. He doesn't have a big payday because it's been proven. Even though he's an Olympic champ, even though he's one of the best men, uh, he represents being a man, he represents boxing, he represents being a Christian, he represents everything so great, but he gets no love. I, I mean, we know why, but he gets no love, so he's never going to make any money. So now it's about making history and being, uh, if he wins the heavyweight title, we, can, we might say that he's uh, had a better career than Floyd Mayweather. We might say he's the best boxer of our generation. He's the best boxer since Roy Jones and skip over Floyd. So beating mm. Triple G doesn't do that for him. He, beating Triple G doesn't do that for him. Winning the heavyweight it's championship. If he beats Canelo, he wouldn't do it for him? Hell no. Nope. Nope. No. That would be easy work. Triple he just beat up <laughs> Kovalev. I mean, that's going to be easy work. That's what you don't get, man. I don't, you know, you you are little G guys. Uh, I don't think y'all understand. Ward is the best <laughs> in the game. And Triple G Jesus. isn't. Ward, Ward has no power, man. He walked through. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's what, what Kovalev did right? with Kovalev. He didn't have no power, that's, man. He, man, that hit him in the, he hit him in low. That was a low blow, man. If you want to be real about it, that was a low blow. 
He got robbed twice. Uh, but it is what it is. He's going to win the fight. He was going to win the fight. He was going to win the fight. I'm going to give you that. He was going to win the fight. He he broke him down, but it was a low blow. Well, speaking, yeah, of, a, a low, uh, speaking of a low blow in power, I think a low blow would be the fight that's coming up that's going to cost everybody $100 this weekend. But speaking of power, a guy that Conor McGregor, people talked about not having any boxing skills, this fight being a joke. The uh, Triple G Canelo fight actually sold out while the McGregor-Mayweather fight is still struggling. Uh, I wouldn't say struggling, but expected to sell out before the Triple G Canelo fight. And there was a video that came out this week when Pali Malinaji was a guy who was saying that he left Conor McGregor's camp because he was upset that uh, he was calling McGregor a scumbag and saying that he lowballed everybody and that he sent a picture of uh, with Pauly falling down, which was a pushdown. But Dana White, the cue ball, no good, no lips, having red head, dude looking come from UFC, posted a video with Pauly Malinaji sparring with Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor landing a pretty good left-hand shot that knocked him Nice and wait out of out of Pauly Malignaggi. Did you guys watch the video of this? And what do you think of it, Will? Do you think that Conor McGregor all of a sudden is a threat to Floyd Mayweather because of this little 35-second clip, which I say 30 seconds of a clip that says it doesn't say a whole lot to me out of 35 minutes of a fight. But And also Pauly Malignaggi said that this video was chopped and screwed, so it could have been something that was from, from uh, one round to the other that was combined as one that they just want to make it seem like 30 seconds of what was going on the whole time. But uh, – Holly Malignaggi getting worked by Conor McGregor in the ring. Was it a push down? Was it good work? Should Floyd Mayweather be worried about that left hand? Um, look, I don't really know. I saw the, I saw the, the, I saw him hit him with a nice left hand, but I also saw him swinging, uh, looking like Deontay Wilder when he's about to knock a guy out. So, um, it, <laughs> you know. It looked good. Like you said, Polly did say that it was, you know, pieced together. He said that five-piece combo, you know, was from the 11th round or 12th round, which Malinaji did say that he was losing those rounds. He said he got gassed and was losing them. Um, but he also said then the other ones were pieced together. So, it's who knows? You know, it's good. It's good uh, promotion. Um, so... I really don't know. Was it a push down? It sort of looked like it, but he, uh, it's hard to tell. He also got hit hard as hell. So I don't really know. It's just hard. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't a push down. Malinaji's weak, but, you know, Floyd shouldn't be scared. Floyd isn't going to be balled over, like he said, in the 11th round, um, you know, getting hit with straight left hands that you can see coming from a mile away. So I don't think Floyd's, uh, Floyd has anything to worry about. And Carla, I didn't hear your name by chance. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen this clip or not. Conor McGregor, a guy who's posting pictures with his hands behind his back, Paulie Malignaggi looking lost in the ring, taking a big left hand. And some people saying that he walked out wearing a clown suit with his bags packed and a black eye and a bloody nose. I don't know, man. Oh, Paulie Malignaggi is one of those guys. What's up, Willie? What's up, Willie? Yeah, we lost, the, we lost the caller. We lost Corey. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well. You know, um, um, salute to that guy for whatever boat he's riding. Uh, he's a Triple G guy coming from Texas out there, and uh, sounds like he's uh, uh, a little bit out of the loop when it comes to boxing, saying that boxing is dead right now. I, don't, I mean, shit, I think we're doing a lot better than we have been doing in the last two years. Yeah, but he was saying the new era of boxing. 
Yeah, but he was saying, I got what you're saying. He was just saying more as as American. You know, that uh, Corey does watch fights. We talk boxing all the time. So I don't think he was just saying that, you know, there's no big-name American fighter but and that the American black fighter is dead as far as popularity. And as of now, he's bright, but not really because Mayweather is still the biggest uh, the biggest name in the game. Oh, RC, we've got uh, we've got a minute left till we go to the to the overdrive. So we can do like like I said, we can do like ten minutes overdrive. But I think we we might lose people on the uh, if you're listening to the podcast uh, live. You've got to call in at uh, if you want to keep listening at nine two nine four seven seven one two seven seven. Again, we're going to shut off uh, live at uh, at at forty five in uh, thirty seconds. So you can call in at nine two nine four seven seven one two seven seven as we uh, finish discussing uh, boxing this week. Oh man, you know. Um... Uh, you know, that's why I couldn't do the show without you, my man. I know <clears throat> we get lost sometimes when it comes to time being, uh, if we're, we don't have no restraints here at On a Grind. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the outside of the boxing, we have no restraints here when it comes to that. But we, we definitely, um, it was a slow week in boxing. We just want to preview what's coming up next week and uh, uh, do a little bit of what's been going on socially, as I spoke on with the Conor McGregor video. Um, and, and just to keep people woke as we are as far as what goes on in boxing. And, you know, they, I, I didn't mean no disrespect to the, the caller that came in. Obviously knows about the boxing game. as a Triple G guy. And, you know, sometimes the Triple G guys are a little bit uh, – uh, they, they don't really see through the mist and read between the lines. So uh, um, if, if, he, if he knows about his boxing, and which it obviously sound like he was – I mean, I didn't about say black he knows about boxing. No, no, no. But when we're talking about the, the black yeah. American fighter, uh, it's 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 well noted that you know we have the guys who can pay the bills when it, with the skills. But as far as being out there, you don't hear of Earl Spence and, and Bud Crawford being out there in the mainstream. I mean, you just barely seen Earl Spence with the uh, on the Breakfast Club last week, I believe it was. And um, you know, a personality that's not really uh, captivated for certain people. It's a it's a it's you know. Kendrick Lamar has a Be Humble song out there, but do people really like guys who are humble in the fight game? I don't think so. Um, a lot of people like the the charismatic, uh, um, outspoken type fighters. And, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's just a double standard of boxing because they would say that a guy is being arrogant or flamboyant. But when a guy like Conor McGregor does it, he's just confident and, uh, and believes in himself. But it is what it is. Um, you know, I think that a guy like Deontay Wilder is one of those guys who's um, – the American, the African American athlete that is in boxing that is making noise, and he's a, he's not necessarily a big loudmouth, but he brings it, and I like what Deontay Wilder does when he's off, uh, when he's outside the ring, he does a really good job promoting himself. You know, uh, I'm not gonna yell out as loud as he does talking about Bomb Squad when he's on someone like Jim Rome's radio show as he was a few weeks ago. Um, a guy who, you know, was um, record speaks for itself. Looking at somewhat of the uh, the the last great American heavyweight since Mike Tyson. But at the same time, we know what it is when he's in there in the ring, and um, he's talking about making a fight with either Joshua or Ortiz. And, you know, it seems like to me uh, in the welterweight division, we have everybody who's super cool with each other. Everybody's cool. When Danny Garcia fought Keith Thurman, there was a welterweight party uh, going on, you know, in the stands with uh, everybody, Adrian Bronner, Andre Berto, Earl Spence. I mean, everybody was out there. But when you talk about the heavyweight division, everybody's got beat. It seems like nobody is cool with each other at all. So 
Uh, I, I like that. I like guys having beef instead of being friends. And and uh, maybe we could get Deontay Wilder bringing some big news to the the December date that I was talking about earlier in the show. But um, you know, there's a whole lot of shit going on right now, man. Uh, boxing's all over the fucking place. I mean, we got Conor McGregor and all this bullshit. But um, I'm I'm excited for it, man. You know, it's two weeks away. I'm not one of those foolish boxing fans who are like, oh, it's going to be a great fight because I know it's a joke. You know, um, I don't see it going past four rounds, Willa. I don't see it going past four rounds, man. I really don't. Six rounds would be my maximum given, and that's not a good look for Floyd Mayweather if it goes six. I don't think that this video that came out should worry Floyd at all. Like, really, though, it shouldn't worry him at all. This shit that came out was a retired Pauli Malignaggi and the same guy who's talking about He'll tell anybody who listens that he beat Adrian Broner in a fight, and we know what it is. Uh, so um, I was just really excited to see this fight being listed on one of the headlines coming through because of the shit talking that was going through. I was about done with it after Brooklyn, you know, when they went to London, and it was just it was over with. I just wanted to see those two face-to-face and the whole shit-talking game that happened, but I'm really excited to see Conor McGregor get knocked the fuck out by a guy who MMA enthusiasts and casual fans think that Floyd Mayweather is boring, boring, boring. I want to see those guys eat their words. I want to see MMA guys eat their words. Their main guy go to sleep and put some respect on boxing. Because at the end of the day, Floyd Mayweather is not even the most dangerous guy for Conor McGregor to face. You know, Terrence Bud Crawford came out with a video today talking about, it was not too long ago, about an hour ago, saying he wants to see anybody do the McGregor Challenge. He had like a 90s or 80s uh, music song playing. And this guy's doing the, uh, the, the, the arm, loosening his arm the way Conor McGregor was, looking like he was dribbling two basketballs at a circus or swinging nunchucks. Did you see this at the media day that Conor McGregor was doing, Willa? Saw the challenge yeah, just recently. Um, I didn't really watch the uh, media days, uh, like a lot to you. Uh, so I didn't see it, but I think I saw it and I could see Conor McGregor do, doing that. I've seen the clips of him. Uh, shadow boxing and all kinds of crap. So, you know, he looks like a clown. Uh, we're definitely going to have a great show next week for that. But uh, I think on the undercard, your boy Dylan White, Dillian White, Dylan White is fighting uh, some bum Malcolm Tan uh, who doesn't even have a picture on box rec. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Dillian White, you were speaking of Deontay Wilder. He's trying to, you know, he wants to fight Wilder. He got that work from Joshua, but that's his only loss. Um, so he's, uh, you know, that's a, I guess that's a fight on the undercard. And I don't really, you know, that's not really a big deal. Dylan White uh, against Malcolm Tan, but, you know, just for the people that are going to try to come out and, you know, talk. We did talk about that for a second. Nobody really cares. Dylan White is going to knock this guy out. He doesn't ha- He doesn't even have a, a picture on box right <laughs> you need to step your fucking game up. If you ain't got a picture on box rec. And like, like you mentioned, uh, when we had the emergency podcast, we were giving shit for uh, not giving people credit where it was due. Um, and for people to say that we're not giving credit where it's due, uh, well, I want to give a little shout out real quick to Omar Chavez, who was upset last night. It was televised by Azteca Seven, uh, a guy that they were expecting to win a vacant title, a silver WBC title. Um, and, um, you know, it took that L last night. So 
um, when you look at the judges' scorecard, but Ernesto Salvador gave it a 97-92, while Rodolfo Ramirez and Javier Camacho scored it 96-93 in favor of Roberto. Uh, there was no controversy whatsoever at all. So if you think that when we're talking about what's going on in the game ahead of time as we preview Crawford and Indongo, that we don't look at what happened the day before, we are always woke to what's going on in boxing, and we keep an, a pulse on everything that's happening right there. Quick little shout-out. But as you mentioned right now, a man who doesn't even have a picture on BoxRec, I mean, that's, I mean, you need to step your game up. That's why you don't get no airtime on the show. If you ain't having your game stepped up, man, you are not going to get no airtime on, on what is about to be. I mean, uh, we're about to be, we're gunning. We're, we're breathing down the neck of a TBV, as they call that podcast, that's, uh, that's been having a little bit too much fun as I spoke out to Nesto on Twitter talking about, we are coming in this game like DX was coming out in the tank with, uh, with WCW closing the doors to the outside. We are coming in this game with the boxing podcast, and we are coming for heads as we usually do. We already buried one podcast, and we're looking to bury others. And there's, the competition is looking like weasels and snakes out there, and we ain't really worried about that. So when it comes down to it, we just want to let everybody know that we are always keeping the pulse on what's going on in boxing. I know everybody has a certain fandom to certain fighters, and if your fight's not being properly televised or properly spoken about, just know that D. Willow Wilson and R.C. are definitely keeping an eye on it, as we spoke on right now with Omar Chavez. Uh, real quick to anybody out there, if you're a Mexican fighting fan, you probably want to not go for a Mexican fighter with the last name Chavez, the way that Julio Cesar looked at Chico de Mayo recently against Canelo. But, hey, man, uh, we just wanted to give you guys a little quick show, uh, bringing up what's going on in the slow weeks of boxing. Even though it's a slow week of boxing, there's always so much going on, man. So we had a whole lot to talk about today. Thanks for caller coming in. Uh, we we figured to have hold a couple on, hold 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 on. Uh-oh. Shakur Stevenson on, is fighting. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, uh, uh, upcoming guy, upcoming black American fighter. Black uh, American fighting, fighter, yeah. Uh, yeah, American fighter uh, before anything and who happens to be black. Um, he's going to be fighting, I believe he, he is, uh, he should, he might be fighting on ESPN. He might be the first, the first fight. It's looking like against a guy, uh, Davis, David Paz. So they're fighting a little uh, eight-round, no, six-round fight, featherweight. Mike Alvarado's fighting also, and then some other bums. So it might be an all-right night of fighting on uh, ESPN on the 19th in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. So just wanted to throw that out there before we got out of there, man. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, yo. And it's good, and, and not to mention, or not to forget to mention, but it is good to have boxing back on ESPN. So shout out to uh, uh, Top Rank and Golden Boy for both making that happen because we all know that Friday Night Fights got taken away, something that was a little special to all of our hearts whenever it comes to up-and-comers or guys at the end of their career looking to make a bounce back. So um, any final thoughts on today's show, Willa? You got anything you want to finish off with, my man? No, that was it, man. Uh, appreciate uh Caller for uh, quarter for calling, man. Uh, good boxing talk with the uh, uh, you know a little a little G jabroni, man. But uh, much love to everybody, man, and uh, y'all have a good week. <laughs> and there it is, coming from my main guy out in Houston, Texas, man. You know it's been lovely talking to all you guys. Um, I've had a great, 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 great time coming up for this lead up for all these fights, and I'll be looking forward to what's going on in September. I will be out in Vegas for the Triple G Canelo fight. Hopefully, to see my boys out there. And I'll tell you what, man, everybody in the boxing community, worldwide, globally, have yourself a great week. Get it started off right. 
and let's have a good time on Saturday. This is The Outsiders of Boxing, and we are out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.